Hey Afronauts, I'm Beatrice Eicher. And I'm Jill Too. And we're your hosts for this episode of The Hero's Journey, where we sit down with Black writers in the speculative fiction space. Today, our hero is Mia Davenport. Mia is the author of The Blood Gift Duology, which starts with The Blood Trials out April 5th. She's an English and biology teacher and also a strong advocate for diverse perspectives and protagonists in literature. Recently, along with co-founder Tracy Ann Canada, she launched Story Spinner Entertainment, a book packager dedicated to amplifying voices of the Black diaspora. Nia, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to talk with you all. Yay! Well, we're so excited for the, <laughs> for the blood trials. Uh, can you give us a general pitch of the book? Yeah, um, my publisher does a much better job of me than this. Um, but basically, it's a story about duty and rebellion in war, um, where magic and technology kind of converge. This young Black woman, Akina Amare, she um, grows up in this highly military society. She finds out that her grandfather, who's higher up in the military too, has um, been murdered. And so she wants to do something about it. Um, and her, I'm going to do something about it is she joins these elite military trials so she can um, achieve the rank to uh, have the power necessary to kill his killers. <laughs> wow. Um, very <laughs> intense. intense. I love it. Immediately. Well, um, speaking of the blood trials, so your main character, Ikenna, is a heroine who won't hesitate to fight for what she wants, literally. <laughs> so I'm curious, if Ikenna had a badass bitch's slumber party, <laughs> what other women from books, film, and TV would be invited? Oh, this is so much fun. Okay. What other women? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, okay, this is going to take some thought. Oh my God. Oh, okay. So definitely Arya Stark. Um, okay yeah would, okay great. would be invited definitely damali from la banks's vampire hunters legends she i think her and i Ooh. i can absolutely wow. get along okay. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. uh, let me see who else um yen from nk jemison's the hundred thousand kingdoms okay uh-huh. wow <laughs> wow uh, we're definitely inviting um her Let's see who else, who else and then kate daniels from alona andrews kate daniel novels and then i'm just just for kicks i can't leave out elena Devereux from nalini things guild hunter series Ooh, oh very nice wow it's nice. very intense <laughs> yes okay i like this vibe okay i got awesome. it i got it i feel like they're all stab first or shoot first and ask, ask questions like <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly i right. love it uh, so, Nia, why don't you tell us a little bit about your writing journey? Is Blood Trials the first book you've written? No, it's not. Blood Trials may be like the seventh book I've written. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wrote, let's see, one, two, three, four. I, I wrote five before I ever started Quarry. Um, wow. I think the wow. fifth one, well, I, I will say, I say write, but two of them were like novel, true novel length, about like 70 to 90K. The mm-hmm. other three was were when I was still trying to build up my stamina and figure out how to write a novel length work. And so they were more like, 30-ish K. Mm-hmm. But on the fifth one is when I started attempting to quarry and that manuscript was god awful terrible. I'm so ashamed that I even <laughs> tried to <start> it. <laughs> but then the one I um 
went back to seriously quarry again was a YA Hades and Persephone retelling set in like a magical contemporary version of New York. Ooh, um, and ooh, I'm, wow. I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, the premise is really cool, but I'm kind of in, embarrassed that I quarried that one too. And I don't know what my agent, Katie Plum, she's wonderful. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it had to have been like the universe of stars aligning for her to sign me with that manuscript because it was a hot mess. I did like all the wrong first things. Like the first scene was this girl staring in a mirror describing herself. <gasps> wow. <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Despite okay. it. Despite all that though. <laughs> yes. Right. Despite all that, she gave me an R and R and was like, I really like the premise. I really like the voice. I really like, you know, the themes, but this first chapter is terrible. And, <laughs> and of course, much nicer up lifting words right um right, of and course. she's like i need you to go back and play around with you know how to introduce us um to your main character in a more like compelling way mm -hmm. and also i had a secondary point point of view that did just not need to be there mm -hmm. uh so i took a few months and i worked on that r and r um i think she gave it to me in november and then i finally sent it to her in march mm -hmm. um and then a month later she was calling me with an offer and i was um wow. so yeah <laughs> So book six, well, book, what was it? Book seven, I feel like it was like the magic number. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Did you go yeah. on sub with that Hades Persephone book or you just went with I, I We did go on sub with it and it was a book of my heart. And um, unfortunately it did not sell. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a lot of responses like, this is really great, but it won't stand out in a crowded market, mm -hmm. um, which means there were already tons of stories similar to it before. Mm -hmm. The Blood Trials I actually wrote after I sent the R&R &R of the YA Hades and Persephone retelling off to my now agent. I wrote it as a way to not stress out and have all this like mountain of angst while I was waiting on her. Uh, wow. for so by the time she signed me, the Blood Trials was written. Um, nice. and you oh, know, we, wow. I, I, yeah, yeah. I set it aside and we worked on revisions for the YA that we went on sub with. Mm -hmm. Um, it was on sub for a year and you know, it, it didn't sell. And then the, uh, the blood child is the manuscript that we decided to put on sub behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a great wow. story. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's perseverance. I, no, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of authors, you know, like everyone hears debut and they think like, oh, it's like your first book. Right. And like debut mm -hmm. just means it's the first one that hits the market. Like there's so much backstory behind that and so much um, hard work on, you know, on stories that may never see the light of day, but they got you to where you are. So. Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. That, that reminds me of the saying that um, no one knows how long it takes to be an overnight success. Oh, yes. I know because it could take you years to be an overnight success, mm -hmm. you know. So you recently announced a new YA book, Out of Body, which is a speculative thriller about a girl who has to steal her life and body back from her best friend. Fire premise, by the way, Mia. Um, as you. an author, um, as an author, do you feel most comfortable in the speculative space or are you interested in writing non-speculative stories as well, like lit thick or nonfiction? I, I love the speculative space. I do write rom-coms. Um, I have one that, that I've been working on as more like a witchy rom-com, um, but I have written rom-coms that have no magic or supernatural elements whatsoever. So outside of the rom-coms, I haven't really found my footing in like non-speculative fiction, but I always go back to speculative because it's, it's just so much fun and it's so much you can do with the with the fantastical you can like get away with blood and gore and murder 
are in place yeah. of murder in a speculative space that's so much fun to play with in a way you can't do it in non-speculative spaces without people like questioning if your main character should be behind <laughs> you're okay <Yeah>. yes <laughs> yes if everyone is okay yes right <laughs> well let's go to talk about your writing process for a little bit are you a pantser plotter do you like to think of like <laughs> your, your stories as any sort of structure yes. before you start into the nitty-gritty i want to know yeah everything. i am i used to be a hardcore cancer mm -hmm. and now I am whatever the project calls for at the time mm -hmm. I will never be a hardcore plotter like I have a friend Tracy my partner in BFF she has to plot down chapter by chapter to the nitty-gritty detail mm -hmm. before she ever touches a key and I all, all I need is and this, 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 this doesn't even need to be on like paper or mm -hmm. the computer just in my head I need to have an idea of who my character is what they want, what they sound like, and the conflict, and then I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely a planter to where I just need like to see there. Mm -hmm. And then for me, if I try to like sit down and do a detailed outline, it'll unravel and I'll lose in interest and I'll be like, I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. For me, okay. the magic and the fun and the joy is in like discovering the twists and turns and like mm. the little nitty gritty details as I write. That's what kind of pulls you along. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that, that we were going here, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm a plotter. When Panthers describe that magic, I'm like, I want that. I want to feel what that's like. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. I, okay. So I'm also a plotter, hardcore okay. plotter. And I feel that euphoria while I'm plotting. Yeah, that's fair. I mm -hmm. get, I yeah. get so excited. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, and I, I get so, again, I get so excited to figure out the twists and the turns before I write them because it's kind of like a preview of what's coming next. No, you're right. Sense? You're right. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know what? It's fine. That's just for no, me. No, no, I agree. I, 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 I love it. Okay. <laughs> I'm on your side. I just feel like, yeah, I feel like I wish I could trust myself more to like do the discovery writing. I think it sounds really interesting. No, I, I will say that now that I'm uh, working on, you know, selling things on proposals and with Story Spinner, I'm learning to be a diligent plotter for, you know, those two aspects um, because you have to have the detailed outline. Mm. Um, so my agent has been very patient with <laughs> and very supportive <laughs> well I like get my life together and figure out how to like cobble together an actual solid outline that's succinct um and doesn't like spiral into actually here's like the manuscript <laughs> uh -huh. it's a catch 22 because then I finish my draft and it's a hot ass mess of like mm. not streamlined plots and shifting motivations because sure. something sounded cool right 50 percent mm -hmm that I didn't lay the groundwork for in the right. draft. So then it makes revisions hell because I'm like, okay, yeah. it yep. needs to make sense. Yep. <laughs> it needs to make sense. Yeah. It does. It does need to make sense. It does. They prefer that. Do you try when you yeah. go back and do the revision, do you try to overlay any sort of structure like hero's journey or you know, three act structure, five act structure? Um <laughs> after the fact so yeah so that's where I actually pull in hero's journey or the three or four x structure depending on what the story needs I don't even think about it while I'm drafting I just you know let like my gut just lead me I don't use the hero's journey a whole lot anymore I mostly use a three or four x structure mm -hmm. and I'll write brief summaries of my beats and see how they match up to the three and four or four x structure mm -hmm. and then tweak the pacing in like my beat sheets and then that's that'll be my guide to dive into revisions with like a strong roadmap 
mm-hmm. in mind. There's the structure. Okay. <laughs> that yeah. structure comes it comes later. After, yeah, yeah, it comes later. It That's comes fine. Later. That's, That's fine. okay though. One more the you other have... will get there. That's okay. Right. They say, yeah, you have the clay. Now you can mold it into the, you know, the pot or the bowl or whatever you want to make. Well, that yeah. was beautiful, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> so you've you've talked about there being a blood trials Spotify playlist with songs from Rihanna and Cardi B. Uh, can you share a couple of songs from the out of body playlist if there is one? Oh, okay. So I haven't actually drafted one yet. Normally the playlist will come for my revisions. I can't listen to music when I draft because I'll sing along with the lyrics. I I can't. Um, I have to draft with like white noise or complete silence. Um, But then when I'm revising is when I'll make a playlist. And then for certain scenes, I would, you know, I'll listen to it before I dig into revising. Because I, I, for some reason, I can't create and have music going. I don't know. That. Yeah. Oh, okay. That so makes so much. Creating, you don't yeah. want there to be lyrics in the songs. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. yes. That makes so much okay. sense to me. Because I feel like revisions is when you add, like, the vibes. You're like, I'm just sprinkling on the vibes and, like, ramping up yeah. the, the tension. For sure, or, for sure. Yeah. So the music helps mm-hmm. with that. That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk about something that happened really recently. Uh, we're really excited about the Story Spinner announcement. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little about it? Yeah. So it is a book packaging company started by me and I call her my writer BFF. Um, we met at a Madcap writing retreat. Uh, it maybe has been five years now. Um, oh, it, wow. Everyone, my family thought I was going to get murdered and her family thought she was going to get murdered because <laughs> we met in a... We met in a Slack for the writing retreat and she was driving up and I was flying into Atlanta from Houston and she was just this random stranger at the time and was like, I can give anyone a drive up to Tennessee. And I said, oh, I will take the drive with you. And my family was like, you're going to die. And I was like, nah, she's a black girl. We got each other. Yeah, yeah. Like if she was anybody else, I might have been like, oh, I'm gonna die. Right, but I right, was like, but... nah, we'll be good. <laughs> so yeah, we just we we clicked like magic. We're both authors, we're both educators at the high school level, and we've spent the last five years as critique partners and beta readers and each other's like cheerleaders um and ride or dies just through the publishing process. Mm. And we've also spent the last five years discussing our frustrations with unfair publishing practices and how hard it is for marginalized creators to wedge a foot into the door. Like I, I wrote the blood trials because I Tina is literally fighting for her rightful seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Like her grandfather, a black man before her did. And so like I feel like marginalized authors, we also do that in real life. Like we're we're fighting for our seat at the table. Um, to like tell our stories through our lenses and our voices. So Story Spinner is the brainchild of us really wanting to contribute and help facilitate and amplify POC stories and POC voices. Wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, to, to make this, this big leap. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's definitely scary, but it's super exciting. So yeah, my agent, Katie Flum, she's also the agent at Liza Dawson Associates for for, um, the Story Spinner. So she's making the huge leap with us and has invested an incredible amount of her time and hours that she does not have to give up to help us get Story Spinner off the ground and project out to the world. So it's my baby and I'm so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. For um, listeners who may not know what a book packager does, can you explain a little bit of of how it works? Yeah, so a book packager basically 
actually puts together the premise, the concept, and depending on, I know there are different ones who work there, their processes are a little bit different, but the outline, a chapter by chapter outline of a high concept story premise. And then they audition writers to collaborate with them to take the premise from outline to manuscript and sell it to a publishing house. So if somebody was interested in applying to Story Spinner, you would talk to them about interests and kind of find an outline that works for for their style and their... Interests and hobbies and what experiences they would be thrilled to bring to, you know, the story world and the setting and like the character. Me and Tracy launched a company with the mission to be less corporate capitalism driven behind it and to really truly foster a partnership and mentorship that earnestly wants to amplify voices that may not otherwise or may find it challenging to figure out how to get their voices heard. I love that. I can't wait for the first story spinner announcement. (laughs) Yes. I can't either. (laughs) Well, when I think about everything you've got going on, so you've got story spinner, managing deadlines, starting new stories. I know you're an active mentor for a few of the mentorship programs. And then you have, you know, your whole real world life. (laughs) Um, That whole thing, family, you know, whatever. Um, That's a lot. So what tips have you learned for keeping track of it all and avoiding burnout? For me, I have a really pretty calendar. Ronnie Davis, one of my other writers, BFF, she introduced me to Plum Paper, who gets too much of my money every year now, um, on <laughs> gorgeous calendars uh-huh. um, that I can like decorate with stickers. And um, I pencil out daily to-do lists. And I know some people like to write every day and some people don't. I don't ascribe to the philosophy that you need to write every day, mm-hmm. but I have four kids and deadlines and a hectic schedule where publishing and non-publishing things. So for me, in order to manage it all and get it all um, done, I have to make like a daily writing schedule. Like I'm going to do this, like this chunk mm-hmm. every day. And then at the end, it should be done by, you know, the deadline date. Mm-hmm. And do you take breaks or how do you think about kind of refilling the well? I'm attempting to get better at taking breaks. Um, <laughs> my current process is to pick a theme and just go, 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 go until it's done. But then I feel like by the end, I am like, I just turned in um the book two of the blood trials oh, a week ago. And I was by the end, I was exhausted. And I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to go back and do so much work on act three because I'm getting through it. But I, I also, I feel the fact that, you know, my energy levels have. Yeah. yeah. So the current process is I go, go, go. And then if I have time, I take a week or longer to literally, I tell my friends and family to see me looking up at a laptop, snatch it away. <laughs> and I literally just binge watch all the shows I've missed, read yes. all the good things yes. um, that I've missed, finally like resurface and like interact with like my friends because I can disappear into a black hole towards the end too. But I'm trying to learn to actually schedule in off days too, at least Ooh, one, two yeah, would be great to where it's not like, okay, I've been gone. I've been going for like 60 days and now I'm just about to like drop and collapse and just be yeah. useless to everything and everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. What are you, uh, what are you yeah. binge watching right now? Ooh. Okay. Raising Dion season two just came back out. Um, oh, it was yes. one of those things I missed while I was in a black hole of drafting and I popped up and started scrolling through my Netflix queue. Um, mm. After I turned it in, I was like, Oh, hell yes. <laughs> um, that's the best so, feeling yeah yes right, the best. So that's 
on the rotation season two of the witcher i picked it up uh, over christmas yes. and uh-huh. i got covid and oh, i didn't no. finish it right so those are the two shows i've been watching i'm reading cherish fair by bethany c morrow and it's threatening to like suck me in and i'm about to like really be very like no good for actual work things so <laughs> i'm like oh my jesus this is so good it's so good um so yeah. Yeah, I feel like anything, anything by her, it's like, why, why do I write? Why do I, why am right. I, why am I doing this? Like, she's got yes. it covered. She's good. Right. Okay, we can just, right. I can just go home. Why am I even bothering? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thinking about all of the kind of great speculative work that's out there, both on TV and movies and books, um, and you seem like you, you know, came up in that world and, and in that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any like IP that you dream of writing for someday, or any worlds you kind of want to play in? If someone gave me a storm ip and was like go write storm from x-men Ooh. i would lose my shit and like <laughs> my final final form i was like hell yes let's do it yes <laughs> i've always loved star wars um i would mm-hmm. again lose my shit if someone gave me like a star wars lp yeah. i mean ip um Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I really got into. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone gives me an IP from a Prudence and Ambrose perspective, um, I'm like, those two Black characters like should have been the lead because I'm mm. like, listen, um, they are where like the magic is for that show. Yeah, um, what else do I love? I-, I love all genre works. I'm like, I'm like, I'm all over the face, but place with science fiction fantasy yeah. childhood me would like love for somebody to hand me like a goosebumps wife story and be uh-huh. like hey oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes definitely go or or like even better a fear street oh yeah and, uh-huh. and be like hey go write this horror in mm-hmm. the vein of fear street and i'd be like thank you yes yeah absolutely <laughs> so something i actually wanted to ask you was i know on social media you've said gumbo is the ultimate comfort dish for you (laughs) because it holds so many important memories and that's why it makes it into so many of your stories yes i wanted to know are there any other dishes we can look forward to in the blood trials or its sequel or out of body so in the blood trials i don't really mention a whole lot of like earthly food because it's set on a different planet. The one thing I can mention a lot is whiskey because I love brown liquor. <laughs> 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 Whenever I can feels like she's losing her shit or like she wants to murder someone or like yeah. the grief gets too much, she's like, I need whiskey. And you know, the first chapter, she's drunk off her ass. And we see in the very first yeah. tra- chapter, so this isn't a like a spoiler that she's using it as a crutch um and so Mm. she has to like figure out how to like reel it in and get her shit together so like she can you know do what needs to what needs to be done but in out of body we will definitely see comfort foods i think i just wrote a thing that talks about lasagna that's one of my other um Mm, yeah i love i love tomato-based pasta so that's one of the dishes um in my mgs and other books like fried shrimp is one of those comfort food. I grew up with a very Southern grandma who was from Houston, but we have family roots from Louisiana. So a lot of the flavors and dishes are like, you know, Creole Southern fusion dishes. My grandmother like made fried shrimp and catfish. I kid you not on a daily basis, like every day. Really? Um, Wow. Yes. Hardcore. She'd have a deep freezer full of drum, catfish and shrimp. And on a daily basis, 
you could walk in her house at like 5 p.m. and you could smell the fish fry going. Um, mm. Never fails. She's a reason why gumbo is a comfort food mm. um, because she would make it all the time and to the point where I won't eat everybody's gumbo. <laughs> and my husband, <laughs> okay. who's okay. from Atlanta, mm-hmm. I've made him learn to make it exactly according to my grandma's recipe, Aww. just from me giving him the, because I can't cook well, but he's a chef. So <laughs> I gave him the recipe. And, you know, I've always been the taste tester with like my grandma and my mom and my sisters uh, because I'm a huge foodie, even though I can't cook well myself. (laughs) You appreciate it. You appreciate appreciate it. So there I was like, come and taste this. And I'm the one that's like, it's really good, but it needs this or it needs that. And they're like, if like Nia likes it, then if I give the thumbs up, then they know that that they don't need to add add mm-hmm. like a piece of this or like a dash of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've made my husband like per like perfect gumbo to like my to like my spenders. Uh. <laughs> yes, yes. Peach cobbler is another one oh, that I yeah. love. So you will see that in like a lot uh-huh. of my books all the time. Mm-hmm. There'll be a character that's raving over peach cobbler and also uh-huh. be a super snob about it. Like this is not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I look this forward to that. Part. I look forward to that. It's okay. So like their opinions, like you can have too many peaches, or like mm. the crust cannot be like flaky enough. Like yeah. gumbo, like some people mm. like it to be a to- like a tomato base. Some people uh, don't. I'm like, yeah. listen, yeah. it gets very like particular. Mm. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nia. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Thank you for having me. You can find me on Twitter at Nia underscore Davenport. You can find me on Instagram at nia.davenport. Um, my website is just nedavenport.com. I'm around. I like to talk about books and binge-worthy TV, and I'll normally yell about Star Wars a lot and whatever <laughs> other good book or genre work I'm reading at the time I'm like, or, or like watching at the time. I yell about tropes and characters a lot, <laughs> but That's not awesome. in like a critical way, but in a, oh my God, I'm gushing and I need to gush to somebody and my family literally does not care yes you know they're like uh whatever like somebody (laughs) needs to hear me lose my shit over this thing i love that well thank you so much nia it's been it's been awesome having you here yes thank you thank you for for inviting me this was an awesome talk